Welcome to the Cyber 24 podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping businesses and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. I'm Marty Carpenter of 24-9. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. And I'm joined today by our cybersecurity expert, Dan Schuyler of NICE. Dan, thanks for being back with us. Marty, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. All right, our topic this week, how risk assessments can save your business. Uh, I would like to know, Dan, as we start off today, just a, I don't even know if you can put a figure on it, but how many risk assessments have you been a part of in your career? It's got to be a significant number. Yeah, dozens. I've, I've lost count. So too many to count. And so you've got a lot of experience in this. So when we say risk assessment, um, to help us better understand what we're talking about there, what kind of risks are we taking a look at? What does that normally include? And how does a risk assessment, how does it go? Yeah, so let me uh, make one clarification. There's a risk assessment and then there's a security assessment. And those two uh, definitions get mixed up sometimes. People think a risk assessment is a security assessment when in fact it's not. So a security assessment, we've talked about this many times, is really evaluating the security posture of your organization. We'll leave it at that because we've, we've talked about that. A risk assessment is evaluating what the financial impact will be to your organization uh, should you um, suffer an incident, if you will. Mostly it's focused on security incidents, but it could be focused on any type of incident. It could be focused on, uh, you know, COVID-19. What type of risk does a pandemic present to your business? A earthquake, a flood, a fire, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of incidents that can happen that fall under a risk assessment. And the goal of a risk assessment is to try to, as best you can, quantify what the cost to your organization would be if you suffered a ransomware attack, if you suffered a data breach, if one of your employees walked out of the organization with the secret sauce, if there was a fire, a flood, what have you within your organization, you're trying to quantify the cost to your organization um, as a result of that particular incident. They're very difficult to do, Um, That's why a lot of organizations don't do them or are resistant to doing them. Um, But that, in a nutshell, is what a risk assessment is is doing. We can talk more about the details of that as well. Yeah, they they may be separate things, but isn't in in most cases, wouldn't you say that a risk assessment is a precursor to a security assessment that once you've sort of been uh, had your eyes open or maybe been scared straight (laughs) on a couple of things uh, that then you go on and say, all right, I see what the risk is for us now. Now we need to look at what we're doing about that risk, which is the security assessment. Yes, great point. So the risk assessment will help you determine your risk appetite, if you will, from a financial perspective, how much you're willing to spend on securing the fortress, how much you're willing to spend on paying for security controls to secure your environment, how much you're willing to spend on a disaster recovery uh, alternative facility, should there be a fire, a flood, what have you, how much you're willing to spend on anything to avoid that particular incident or avoid that particular risk. So yes, you want to do a risk assessment prior to doing a security assessment 
So you know, once you've done the security assessment, how much you are going to spend to address those gaps or vulnerabilities that are discovered in your security posture. That's a great yeah. point. Do most businesses, uh, I would imagine, underestimate their risk? Uh, is that generally the case? And are, have there been cases where uh, there was a business that was maybe uh, more scared of its own shadow than it needed to be? Oh, absolutely. Both, I think, is, is the case. Again, it's very hard to quantify what a particular incident will cost your business. I mean, you can qualify it and try to quantify it uh, as best as you can. And that's really the goal and objective of a risk assessment is try to get from the qualified state to the quantifiable state if you can. Uh, Again, it's very difficult because it's hard to put a price on what the damage to your brand or reputation would be, what type of uh, legal ramifications and fines you could suffer as a result of a data breach, what have you. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really hard to quantify the cost. Um, And I try to encourage organizations as they're doing their risk assessment to, you know, when when they're coming up with a cost figure to at least double that amount. And I know that seems excessive, but I think if you double that figure, it gives you really good insight into what the true cost could be you certainly don't want to underestimate. You want to overestimate because underestimating is just going to cause you more heartache down the road. If you overestimate, again, you want to reinforce uh, your security controls. You want to make sure that you can uh, recover from that risk. So you want to make sure that you have all of those pieces in place to recover from a potential incident so that you can manage that risk. And so don't try, you know, don't underestimate do your best to overestimate. That way, when you do suffer an incident, regardless of what it is, you'll be better positioned to recover from that. What do you see as the biggest excuses businesses have for uh, not performing a risk assessment? And I'm going to guess that just in the natural course of things, that usually comes once they've interacted with you and they've had a risk assessment. What do they generally say for why they didn't do it sooner? And and do they generally wish that they had done it sooner, um, even if they haven't necessarily had an incident in the meantime? So the number one thing is how to do a risk assessment. That's probably the the most difficult challenge that businesses face is how do I do a risk assessment? And if you've never done a risk assessment, it's not something that you can just teach yourself to do overnight. And it is pretty comprehensive and it does require a lot of time and resources to conduct a comprehensive risk assessment. So you can get to that number, get to that an accurate number. So again, you're not underestimating, you know, you always want to err on the side of caution, like we mentioned, and overestimate. But that's the hardest part is understanding the complexities uh, of conducting a risk assessment so you can come up with that number that will provide you some value so you know exactly how much you need to spend to address a specific incident and address that at risk. Yeah, there are probably, you know, people fall into three different categories here. There are people who are people, and by people, I mean people are people who run organizations uh, who are very risk averse and very cautious. And then those that are um, uh, the exact opposite of that and, and very comfortable with risk. And in the middle, you've got probably the majority of the people who are some combination and somewhere on the spectrum in between. Uh, even if you're an organization that feels like you are very risk averse, 
uh, that would seem that you would be inclined then to want to double check that. Just the nature of being risk averse would be that you would want to uh, take away the risk that you're still underestimating your risk. And so you'd want to do a, a risk assessment. And, and for the folks on the other side, maybe it's just an exercise for, hey, it'd be good to know what the risk really is to see just how far off I am from reality. But it seems like everyone can benefit, every organization can benefit from doing a risk assessment. Absolutely. And whether you're uh, you know, a mom and pop flower shop to a fortune 500 company and all the, you know, small businesses in between, you need to, you need to do some toward some side sort of risk assessment exercise because, you know, something's going to happen, whether it's the COVID pandemic, whether it's a data breach, a ransomware attack, what have you, eventually you're going to fall victim to some sort of incident and you need to be prepared and you need to know what, that imp- what the impact from a cost perspective is going to be. And I'm using a pretty you know broad term when I say cost perspective, it means a lot of things like we mentioned, damage to brand, reputation, loss of employees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I said at the beginning of the segment that risk assessments can save your business. Uh, can you give us sort of any, any color commentary on, uh, th- is that uh, just sort of a catchy title for a podcast or how that's either uh, saved a business in the past or how you've seen that it can make that type of difference for an organization? Yeah. For example, let's use the example of a ransomware attack. Uh, clearly, these are pretty devastating and they're a great exercise to use. There's a lot of examples out there. So one incident you could take into consideration when you're doing your risk assessment is say, if I got hit by a ransomware attack, not taking into consideration the security controls you have necessarily, but if I didn't have access to my data, my client's data for one day, 24 hours, two weeks, what have you, what is going to be the financial impact to my business? And and what's that cost going to be? Is that cost greater or less than what it would cost to protect my organization uh, from a ransomware attack? 99.99% of the time, if not 100% of the time, it's going to be the cost of a ransomware attack is going to be greater than what the loss of that business would be. And so, you know, that's one way to do it. And you, a lot of organizations use the COVID-19 pandemic as a, a test, if you will, on what type of impact a pandemic would have on my organization. And the results are all over the place. Clearly, some businesses, sadly, uh, did not survive. Other businesses thrived, and some businesses just continued on. And so there's a way there's a lot many different ways to conduct a risk assessment and again it all depends on where your risks lie what you feel like is the most realistic or likely incident or incidents that could happen in your organization for example we in utah uh live in a earthquake zone so that's a question you could say if i had an earthquake and i lost this building um what impact would that have on my ability to do business with my customers. So a bunch of different examples that you can use to conduct a risk assessment. Yeah. Time to take a break. But first, a reminder, the Cyber24 podcast is presented each week by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right from ironclad security to computing and beyond. Valcom's 35 plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at VLCM.com. 
cybersecurity.com. Back with more on the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom right after this. You've all seen the headlines. Every 39 seconds, there's a new attempted cyber attack in the U.S. As the threat landscape becomes more complex, the need for security operations is greater than ever before. It's time to put experts in your corner. For something as important as your organization's security, having a named engineer and analyst paired with you is critical. Arctic Wolf is a leader in security operations, utilizing a cloud-native security analytics platform to deliver security operations as a concierge service. Arctic Wolf's Security Operations Center as a service is always on guard with security experts monitoring your environment 24-7. Don't become the next headline. Learn more about Arctic Wolf's redefined cybersecurity approach at vlcmtech.com slash arctic-wolf. That's vlcmtech.com slash A-R-C-T-I-C dash W-O-L-F. With the increasing number of employees working remotely everywhere around the world, businesses are now looking at supporting a mostly, if not fully, remote workforce. But just because security at the office is no longer a high priority, that doesn't mean that remote security should be overlooked or be difficult to manage. To enable remote work security at your business, Valcom recommends WatchGuard Automation Core. WatchGuard's automation security platform speeds up processes, kills threats, and empowers IT teams to do more with less. With WatchGuard, you can apply zero trust principles across networks and applications and help remote employees enable secure Wi-Fi networks. To learn more about remote work security, visit vlcmtech.com slash WatchGuard. That's vlcmtech.com slash WatchGuard. Welcome back to the Cyber24 podcast presented by Valcom. We continue our discussion with Dan Schuyler from NICE. And Dan, just a couple of news and notes, tidbits, as we wrap up the show for this week. Uh, Utah's Camp Williams is hosting the nation's largest cyber defense exercise. Hundreds of Army National Guard soldiers are going to be in the state this week. Uh, The U.S. Department of Defense is what they're calling the, quote, largest unclassified cyber defense exercise hosted by the Utah National Guard. It's called CyberShield 2021. Are you familiar with this? Is this something you've uh, kind of kept tabs on prior to this year with it being held at Camp Williams? Um, I'm familiar with it, but um, don't have a lot of experience. Um, interested to see how it goes. Would love to have been a part of it. Clearly, um, not in the National Guard, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, it should be interesting to see and hear about the results from that. And um, it's, yeah. it's, it's great when any organization is taking cyber defense seriously and conducting exercises like this. And so it'll be interesting to see how it goes and the results from it. Yeah. CyberShield 2021, approximately 800 participants nationwide, uh, large-scale cyber exercise. Uh, you're going to have a blue team, you're going to have a red team, and they're going to go battle it out and then learn a lot, I'm sure, uh, from that. But pretty cool to see that Utah is taking a prominent position in uh, hosting this exercise and leading out on these issues. Um, all right. The other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, not far from where I'm sitting in Davis County, Utah, uh, hackers seek millions of dollars from the city of Clearfield uh, 
uh, in a cybersecurity breach. Uh, the city of Clearfield got hit by hackers. Looks like a ransomware, though the details that were publicly released were a little bit sketchy. Um, systems were locked up, so I'm guessing it's a, a ransomware, and uh, and they were essentially told to pay. Uh, I don't have a dollar figure, but the report said millions of dollars. Um, the city says it did not pay the ransom, uh, but that uh, they have uh, they do have cyber insurance. So good to know that at least municipalities like Clearfield uh, are know enough to have cyber insurance. Uh, that that tells me that yes, the hackers did get paid. If they're back online and they have cyber insurance, I think we can put two and two together. Uh, but you know, this this just to me jumped out as like I think people hear national type cybersecurity stories, the Colonial Pipeline, JBS meets the type of that that make the big headlines and think, oh, that happens there, wherever there may be. Not that Colorado is all like really Colorado's not that far from us. Uh, but to hear it just down the road here in Davis County, uh, I think kind of eye-opening. Yeah, absolutely. And they're still evaluating uh, what data was potentially compromised. And that's part of the forensics pro- forensic process. And that'll take weeks to actually determine if you can uh, exactly what data was compromised. Uh, clearly, that'll take time. Um, and they'll, we'll, we'll know more in a couple of weeks. But this goes back to what we've talked about before. The best defense against a ransomware attack is backup, backup, backup. And when we talk about backup, we're talking about a, a secure, isolated, offsite copy of your production environment that you can recover from in case something like this happens. And we're not just talking about ransomware. Again, if you have all of your data in one place and you lose that entire data for whatever reason, how are you going to recover? And so backup, backup, backup is important. And there are a lot of organizations that could have recovered from a ransomware attack had they had a secure, isolated offsite backup. Yeah, uh, Clearfield City uh, did mention, as far as a few details to the uh, to the actual attack, that they were uh, greatly benefited by the fact that they don't hold credit card data uh, for any type of city payments. But they did uh, suspect that they may have been compromised uh, potentially uh, on the uh, payroll information they have for city staffers. So some degree of data was lost, but certainly could have been worse. Either way, a great big hassle for not only Clearfield City government but the uh, residents of Clearfield. So again, another cautionary tale that you don't have to be, you know, Atlanta or Baltimore to get hit. You can be Clearfield. Uh, you could be an even smaller town. Uh, Clearfield's not gigantic, but it's not the smallest uh, town in, in in Utah. So, um, you know, everyone can be a target and everyone should sort of operate as if they are a target. Yeah. Ransomware attackers are not picky. They, you know, they, they'll go after whoever they can uh, to create a, to launch an attack in, in the hopes that they get the ransom. Yeah. Dan, any final thoughts for today's show? We've talked uh, ransomware and we've talked uh, risk assessment. Anything uh, that you want to make sure our audience knows before we wrap up? Yeah, I just, we've talked about this uh, before the importance of doing a risk assessment, the importance of doing a security assessment. I think if you do a comprehensive risk assessment, if you do a comprehensive security assessment, you can avoid being the victim of a ransomware attack. Yeah. Uh, Dan, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for being part of the show today. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. 
All right. As we wrap up for this episode, I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at VLCM.com. That's VLCM.com. Special thanks, as always, to our supporting partners, the Utah Department of Technology Services, the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute, Secumont, the Utah Attorney General's Office, and the Utah Department of Public Safety. You can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can follow us on Facebook as well. Hit us up in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have topics or other ideas you'd like us to discuss. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.